Hi everyone, it's Charlie Webster here. I hope you're keeping well and safe at the moment. Thanks so much for joining us for My Sporting Mind. It's a new podcast where I speak to sports stars about their mental health to hopefully help and inspire people who are struggling. This is a special episode, I'm pleased to say, with the EFL and Mind supporting their Inside the Mind of campaign for Mental Health Awareness Week. And I'm really pleased to welcome Doncaster Rovers and twice-named PFA League One Community Player of the Year, Matty Blair. Also, according to his Twitter, you'll like this one, Matty, He's been named the nicest lad in football. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's just what some people have said. That, but uh, no, that's not, I, I don't even think I'd put that. I think my brother set my Twitter account up a while back and he might have put it. So that's, I don't know if that's me saying that or just other people saying it and he's caught, he cottoned onto it at the time. I do like it though. All oh, right, okay. So, I've spoken oh, to you a few times, so I'll verify it. <laughs> Perfect, we'll keep it there. Then. Uh, Matty, where are you at the moment? I am currently in my living room, just obviously with the lockdown, everything else, just trying to enjoy it as much as I can, spending a lot of time with the family, which is the, which I've realised is the most important thing. So yeah, just in my living room at the moment, just chilling out. Because you've got a three-year-old as well, so how's it been? Yeah, he's three, he'll be three at the end of this month. Um, it's been brilliant. I, I know uh, this is going to sound really bad, but we, we as a family have created a little bubble for ourselves. And, you know, obviously our three-year-old boy doesn't really know much what's going on. We've, we're trying to explain to him why he can't see other family members, why he can't go and do certain activities that he loves to do. But we, we're using it as a positive to, to think that me in football, I never would get this time normally to spend so much time with him at home. And, yeah, we're just trying to enjoy it as much as we can, even though we know how bad and how serious this virus is, just trying to keep it as positive as possible. Do you think that's one of the best ways to cope, though? Because I can relate a lot to that. You know, too much news is just really anxiety-provoking. And it's almost like, right, you've got to narrow it down to day by day rather than constantly mm-hmm. looking at, at long-term. Yeah, totally agree. I, well, the only news that we sort of keep on top on is the daily briefing at 5 o'clock. Other than that, so we just we check, turn it on, we, we see 5, 10 minutes of it, we turn it off, and then we're back to... Well, probably Disney, Cars, whatever, hide and seek, whatever we're into at the moment. So, but yeah, other than that, um, we, like I said, very much trying to just enjoy the time we're getting together rather than worrying about anything else that could potentially be happening, which we know it's happening. We know it's bad. But for our point of view, we're just trying to keep it as positive as possible. How have you found missing football? Have you missed football? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've missed it quite a lot but I'm enjoying spending time with Archie a lot more. And when you sort of weigh up the sort of options, yes, I miss football. And yes, at times I'm thinking, God, I'd love just to go and have a kick about or mm-hmm. get back to training or certainly get involved in a game and get that adrenaline again. But if that was to take away time I'm spending with him and my wife at the moment, then I would say, mm, well, maybe not. So yes, I'm missing it, but the time I'm getting doing something else is, is far greater than missing football. And has that made you think differently then? Because it's almost like you're kind of reflecting. It's making me feel differently for the moment we're in now because we're not allowed to go and play. I can't do anything about that. When the city lockdown's lifted and ho- hopefully sooner or later the coronavirus is, is gone and people get back to normal lives, whether I think differently again, I don't know. But for day to day, I'm very much for the here and now rather than thinking when are we back to football? When are we back to football? When are we back to football? Just, just enjoying the moment as much as you can in such a negative situation we find ourselves in. 
yeah, to be honest, I can really, I, I feel exactly the same. I've kind of switched it to begin, at the beginning. I was doing that. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. And then now I was like, right, okay, turn it completely back around and just focus on what the now is. I've got a couple of questions um, from fans, if you don't mind me asking you about, about oh, now, on. and then we'll yeah. go further into things. So yeah. how do you feel on a daily basis in lockdown? Before you answer, I think this is an interesting question because some of the comments I've been getting, it's, oh God, I had a you know, really up and down week. And I'm like, but that's normal. I think it's really yeah, it is, yeah. to say that. It's not, yeah. I don't know anybody that's up every day during this and actually in life in general. Yeah. Oh no, totally agree. I've, I've had my moments and my, I know me and my wife have had our moments where we bicker and argue and, you know, we're fortunate enough to live in a house that obviously has a stair. So once someone can go upstairs, someone can go downstairs, even if it's half an hour just to chill out. And anyone that's got a, a baby you can know that, yes, they're brilliant and wonderful, but they can also get a little bit sort of frustrating at times. I'll use, yeah, I won't, I'll keep it clean. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I totally agree that, yeah, I've had my moments where in, during the day even I felt very down and low and then I've had my moments where I'm feeling on, on cloud nine and feeling great. So for the people that ask how I am, oh, that's my answer as well. That I think for me, I, I can now sort of understand and know when I'm feeling a bit down and low, maybe take myself away because then I'm not implementing anything on my wife. I'm not ruining her mood, spirit, energy levels, whatever it may be. And then I can just get myself back into it and come back and then carry on the day as normal. Would you say that that's maybe one of the most important things is we're all going to feel low at points and, yeah. and some of us more than others. Is it more mm -hmm. about recognising it? Yeah, I think so. I think if you, if you realise where you're at and you realise that actually I've had a good night's sleep but I feel fatigued, why, why is that? I am getting very stressed out at uh, the smallest, the smallest things that actually don't matter at all. When you, when you come to like spilling a glass of water on the floor, you get irate about it. Why? Why am I getting irate? It's just a bit of water. It can be cleared up with a cloth or a tea towel, whatever. And when you start realizing them things, you can then take yourself, well, I'll find myself, take myself just out of the way for a couple of minutes, sort myself out as such as in like, I'll have a couple of deep breaths and just, calm myself down and everything else then I go back to what I was doing before and everything's fine yeah it's almost like those behaviors tell you okay I'm not okay I need to go yeah. check in with myself and what about motivation during this time because obviously you're still training and a lot of people are exercising yeah no motivation has always been there for me personally I usually what I would do is say say a normal season end of season I'll have a couple of weeks off and then I'll find myself getting very lethargic, very slumpy, you know, very like miserable and like, oh, I, I need to, I need to do something now because my body needs to keep going. And I find exercise helps me both physically, obviously, and mentally as well to, to keep energy levels high just throughout the day. So I can just be a positive influence on the people that I'm coming into contact with. So for motivation for me, if I don't do it, that I find myself in a lot worse position. So I'll always try and do something, it might not be every day, but I'll always try and do something twice a week, probably minimum, to hopefully like counteract that negative vibes that come in when you don't do it. Oh, honestly, I agree. I don't know where I'd be without going for a run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and where did it all start for you? Because I know, I mean, we have spoken before and you're such a fantastic voice 
for speaking out about mental health and an advocate within your own community and club but where did it all start for you I wonder if you could take us back for me personally it was obviously 2017 when my brother died now I'd never experienced grief I'd never experienced anything of the sort of what I was going through I just had a newborn baby at this point as well so Archie was born in May Ross died in July and I tried my hardest to put things back to normal get everything back to normal you know I liked my life before Ross died and Ross has died massive impact on my life but I want my life back to how it was but Ross was such an impact on my life I couldn't how could I my, my older brother who obviously I'd known all my life is now gone and I was trying to live the life that I was living when he was here which for me when I when I openly hold my hands up I, I went to seek some help speak, speak to somebody a counsellor and it was her that said it to me said you you now are on a completely different path in life go down that path stop trying to live the walk the path you were walking and when I realised that's what I was doing I could then understand a lot more and, and digest grief a lot more digest my feelings a lot better and, and understand my body a hell of a lot better to to really come back to my attitude and, and everything before Ross died and now after him complete new outlook on life but still the same person of the attributes that my parents drilled into me as a kid it's interesting Matty something you just said you said I hold my hands up when you talked about seeking help do you think subliminally and subconsciously there's still something there about oh can you say you've reached out for help not not well I probably you know I didn't even realize I said that not for me personally because I'm more than happy to express any part of feelings now because I know how important it is but there, there probably is a still a taboo in the subject of seeking help going to seek help if you if you say you're going to seek help does that make you weak and everything else so I didn't even realize I'd done that but probably there was something that then just went subconsciously just made me do it but no for me personally it's not but yeah I, I, it, I would like to think that we're now coming into the generations of seeking help and, and speaking becomes the norm rather than looked upon in a weak-minded men mentality or scared whatever you, whatever you want to call it. What would you say to anybody that's recognized that what you've just said and they're like what well, does it mean I'm weak because I've got to be strong I've got to be independent or are people going to judge me um if you're struggling then you become more of a man by going to admit and speak and, and make yourself known that you you're struggling and your family and everybody around can help and support you do that and and everything else all I'd say is that just because you go and see a counsellor doesn't necessarily mean you are going to make yourself better. I always thought that the counsellor didn't make me better. I made myself better, which empowers me a lot more because I did do it myself. The counsellor was there to help me. Brilliant. My wife, superb, absolutely amazing. Family, quality, Archie, legend. But I still went through the griefing process myself and, and, and came through it myself with the help of others and to know that you do it yourself is also like a, a big achievement really to understand what mental health is i couldn't agree with you more and i think it's really important what you just said because i think sometimes yeah. i myself too is like well they're going to make it all better and actually mm. it's about learning about you 
and about yeah. how to cope with those overwhelming emotions which inevitably are going to happen because it's part yeah. of who we are what yeah. behaviors did how you were feeling manifest in itself when you know you first felt something wasn't quite right after your brother so it, it was it was a bit of a, a scary one really ross died july 29th football season started the week after now we just got promoted as well so we we're in league one darren ferguson gavin strachan couldn't speak highly enough of them that my manager and assistant at the time they basically fathered me in the football world through the time and it was it was superb but i was still obviously trying to live and it took me till about october time took me till about then to realize actually i wasn't quite right um i was out on a dog walk one morning in doncaster and on dog walks i don't know if you've got a dog or whatever but you get to know the same sort of people that you walk with at the same sort of time and we became friends with a couple who played football. The lad played football for Donning. And he was out with his missus walking the door. I was out with mine. Standing, having a chat, two dogs playing. All of a sudden, bosh, like, I've hit the floor. I've fainted. I've completely gone. I'm looking up and I see Liam, his name was Liam, over me. Like, Matty, you okay? You okay? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I didn't know what happened. Didn't have a clue what happened. Walked home with the dog. Walked home. Got myself ready for training. Mrs. came running in, grabbed the car keys. You're not going anywhere. Just had a phone call from Liam's girlfriend to say that you'd, you'd fainted and you weren't right. I was like, I'm no clue what, like, I hadn't a clue what happened. Right. So when I got everything checked out, all, all your sort of brain scans, your, your heart, everything got checked out, uh, everything fine. There wasn't an answer for it. And what I'd done is I'd run myself so, into the... So just to take you back to it, it was almost like everything, everything was looked at from a physical point of view. Is that right? So it's it, almost it like, right, first. what's wrong, yeah. Yeah, no, it was at first, yeah. Randomly just fainted in the middle of a field, walking a dog. Yeah, what, like, what on earth happened? So physically checked over. Everything came back brilliant, actually. Like, actually pretty happy with it. And then Darren Ferguson pulled me into his office and said, right, we need to have a chat. We need this, that, and the other. And then we, we went and seeked help. And that's when I started to become better. But I'd basically suppressed myself for three months to thinking that my I was trying to live my life before um, Ross died and it become too much. It overwhelmed me and my body basically told me, no, you're not right, you're not well. And then it was from that moment on, I went to sort myself out mentally. And what were the first steps then when you said sort yourself out mentally? To be honest, the shock of fainting, which obviously that is a big thing to happen to anybody. Like I'm, I was 28 at the time, yeah physically in good condition playing football season was well underway played games fit all of a sudden just just hitting the deck it it it, it shouldn't happen and so obviously i knew that something needed to happen myself like i knew something wasn't right myself so i was i'm all up for making sure that everyone's okay i've got then i realized well time to make sure i'm okay and I, I took a bit of time to take care of myself, look after myself, talk to people, understand, try and, I don't, no one, I don't think will ever completely understand, but really try and understand that it's all right to have, like we said, the days where you're feeling down and low and, and, then, and then come back from it and, and be a positive energy for the rest of the day, like I've said before. And when you first went to see the counsellor, can you maybe describe some of the coping mechanisms they implemented? I think it was... 
was it was it a female councillor and I think I read a great story that it was in your old your mum's old house or something uh, well yeah I th- what, what I would say is that I do strongly believe that when you if people go and seek help through yeah. counselling or whatever it may be that you do your research before and, and you sort of select the right one because counselling is so many different ways and methods and, and everything else but I did seek great comfort because the house I went to was the house that my mom was brought up in as a child. Now there was a counselor that bought it off my grandparents and she'd lived there since. So I went into, I walked into the house where basically my mom as a little girl grew up her whole life. And then moved, when she moved, went, well, I think my mom, yeah, she went to uni and moved out then. So that gave me comfort. I was sitting in a room, probably where my mom as a little girl, probably, I don't know if she was like, yeah, she'd probably be stricter back then with drawing on the walls and all what, everything <laughs> now. But yeah, and that just gave me great comfort in itself. Yeah, I can imagine. So, and, then, and then, yeah, myself and, and the lady that helped me was, uh, we had a few sessions together of just talking and, and crying and everything you can think of to sort of like help my mindset. And then after, I think it was six to eight sessions, she said, do you want to carry on? And I was like, I'm going to try my own. I'll try now to sort of carry on and, and see how I get on. And she was like, okay, I'm always here if you need me. And I always had that support as well. How much do you think learning about more about yourself and your own mental health has helped impact you now and maybe things outside of football, like your personal life? Oh, it's changed near enough everything. It's changed probably how I even parent now. And the relationship I have with my wife even I understand now that if she ever gets a little bit irate at some things I do then I'll just say right okay well stop there we'll just have a moment to ourselves and we'll come back and we'll continue the conversation or whatever it may be and then even parenting with Archie now it's very much I want to make sure that he understands everything he's doing and the psychological effect that could impact him with certain things going on that I want to make sure doesn't happen when he starts growing up and everything else. Can you like maybe quantify or give any specific bits of advice about coping mechanisms? Because the one thing you said throughout so far is that you've, you recognize when you're not feeling okay and then yeah. you, you take yourself out of the situation. But what were yeah. some of the tools maybe that you used to help yeah, like now, it, well, it, maybe during the time? I think it's just trying to work what's sort of best for you. See, for me, even if it's closing your eyes for five minutes, there's a thing called the bubble effect, which is sit down or you lie down, whatever, you close your eyes and you just let your mind just drift completely into sort of like wherever it needs to go and just allow your feelings, your body just to sort of like float and make you feel like you're in a bubble. And then when you're ready to sort of like, wake up or whatever come around whatever it is however you describe it that for me I find quite effective but there there are many different things that you can that you can implement as long as obviously you keep yourself safe and well doing them yeah I like that one because it also shows like slows your biology down as well everything yeah you slow you can slow your breathing down you can make your breaths longer you can you can make your breath faster if it helps and really like like start <laughs> go on do it no no thank you <laughs> why not yeah that's just gonna make me look silly but mm. no, there's, there's just obviously certain things that can be done um taking a long walk go out for a long walk and just get the fresh air put your favorite song on 
and just go absolutely bananas in your kitchen to your favorite song for three and a half minutes and whoever's watching so what let the world see that you're having the best dance you can have for three and a half minutes or whatever your song is for that moment just enjoy life rather than letting it sort of suppress you yeah they're really good things to for people to actually go and hold on and do because i think sometimes it's not as simple as yeah go in yeah yeah we've got certainly a, there's the stigma of mental health i believe is breaking and people are talking about it anymore but i think that also people you get told obviously your gp is a very good person to go and speak to but your gp ever i see always see a gp as somebody that will fix you physically as in like okay i'm not feeling too well there's some antibiotics chest infection there's your antibiotics mm-hmm. sound five days i feel great so I just think that understanding your own, like you said, understanding your own body and knowing that you can make yourself better is such a powerful tool to have going forward with things that happen later on in life and your anxieties and your depressions and everything that you feel, just you can help yourself. There is a lot of people that really are desperately struggling out there uh, mentally with depression, with anxiety and just this really overwhelming uncertainty that we're living in what would your message be to them try to understand how you're feeling first try and understand why you might be feeling the way you are then once you sort of can do that you can then sort of begin to help yourself be kind to yourself give yourself moments throughout the day for me you need to take your break whatever works for you just really try and be in touch with your your feelings and your emotions and, and everything else and listen to your body. And it's, it's very hard to, to do, but once you can start to do that, you will then start to really be able to benefit more from being healthier, being happier and everything else. And then all of it, it's like a circle that all of it goes hand in hand with each other. Mm. There, there's, always, there's always someone that you can seek help with. If you, you are really struggling, you can always most of the people have the internet go on the internet and, and probably google a number to phone there'll always be people to help that way just know that you're not sort of alone the the people next door to you that might look like they're living the healthiest life the happiest life because they're in the garden 24 7 they might not be when they go inside so just don't compare yourself to anybody just look to yourself and look after the people that are closest to you and, and stay connected and strong as a unit, but individually and as a unit within the people that mean the most to you. The rest of the world is, you can't help. Can't anyone. control so, it, can you? Well, yeah, you can, no, yeah. exactly, yeah. Yeah, thanks, that's a really good message. And I also do want to ask you a more specific one too, because there is also a lot of people going through a lot of grief right now, and that's something you've really strongly yeah. experienced. It can be heartbreaking, debilitating. Um, have you got any specific advice for how to cope with, grief at the moment grief again can can be stronger or weaker in certain situations everything else it it is very individual but it would be very hard for the people certainly that have lost their their loved ones in in this pandemic and then not been able to even have a funeral for them or anything else but what i would say is that for, for them people for just anybody in general that one day one day that this pandemic will end it will finish and then that can be the day that you say farewell to your loved ones properly. You, you, you're going to do it now anyway, because it, that's just natural human being life. But 
there is a light at the end of what we're going through. You've just got to sort of keep going day by day, like what we said in this interview, day by day, and understand everything day by day. And then eventually you'll get to the point where you'll be happy and, and, and you will get yourself back to normal. And then if that's sooner, if that's before the pandemic finishes, great. If it's after the pandemic finishes and it takes years, it took me a good few years to really understand my emotions. I still don't fully understand them now. I will say that, but just day by day, bit by bit, whatever it is, just understand how 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 the, your own personal body and your mind works. Thank you, and thanks so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Not it's been great chatting to you thank you and also remember i'll say and i'm sure you are uh, going to say it as well matty that if you need any more help or advice that you can go to mind.org.uk and where there's lots of different tools and help on their web on mind's website um, but yeah thank you um, and also i'm sure people can reach out to you can't they as well on social media of course yeah of course uh, again i'm i'm on near enough every platform i'm not on instagram actually i don't really understand that one but i'm um, but yeah no i'm on any platform that all right you're on twitter somebody, yeah that'll do yeah i'm I'll on do. twitter yeah <laughs> and i'll try and and help wherever i can as well just like i'm sure yourself would and, and, and certainly anybody at mind or any any anybody i'm sure that we're all we're all sort of trying to pull through this together thanks so much for sharing matty we really really appreciate your time and i hope everyone found it helpful wherever you're listening yeah no thanks for having me and uh, look forward to seeing you soon yeah, thanks, Matty. And the EFL and Minds are currently in the second year of their groundbreaking On Your Side partnership, which aims to raise awareness of mental health with football fans, clubs and the general public and improve the approach to mental health in football and raise, of course, vital funds to deliver national and local support. You can get more info. You just visit their website at mind.org.uk. And remember, if you're struggling, you can call 111 in the UK that's the NHS line and it's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And of course, you can contact me or Matty with any questions on social media and look forward to speaking again soon.